I prayed for fish hooks. I didn't get any fish hooks, so I stopped praying. Unless I get what I want, prayer doesn't work. There are a lot of people around you today who feel the same way. Now, they may not say it the way Huck Finn did, but this is what they say. Why doesn't God answer my prayers? I pray and I tell God what I need him to do. I pray and I tell God what I want. I pray and I tell God how he needs to answer my needs. I pray and I tell God, and he doesn't give me what I expected. Why doesn't God answer my prayers? The truth is, that's a question most of us ask from time to time. You find yourself in a real crisis. You hunger for something that you really need to happen. You're trying to make a hard decision. You bring it to God in prayer, and yet you don't hear the answer. It doesn't seem clear how God is stepping forward, and you wonder, why doesn't God answer my prayers? The truth is, our real question is a lot like Huck Finn's. The real question is this. Why doesn't God give me what I want him to? Why doesn't God give me what I want, when I want it, how I want it, exactly the way I want it? Could it be the problem uh, is not that God isn't answering Maybe it's that we're not really praying. Maybe the truth is that when we pray, we pray with the wrong motive. Maybe what we're asking for is in conflict with what God has already told us in his word. Maybe uh, what we call prayer is in reality just a wish list. The truth is many times before God can answer your prayers... He's got to change your heart. And until he makes you right, you don't really need to see those answers to prayer. How does God answer prayers? The passage we read this morning reminds us of a couple of realities that you need to remember about praying. One of those is that true prayer is not telling God what to do. It is seeking God's will. True prayer is not when you sit down with the Lord and say, okay, let's negotiate. Let's figure out exactly what I want and how I need it. And let's ask you to go ahead and come through so that if you do, then I'll believe in you. But if you don't give me what I want, I'll hold my breath till I turn blue. Maybe the truth is what we need is not to be telling God so much as asking God, how do you want me to pray? Guide my heart and tell me how to ask you for the things that are really important in my life. And this passage also reminds us that God usually answers our prayers in one of three ways. And we are wise if we listen and respond when God answers our prayers. So what does God say? According to the experience that Paul and and his fellow travelers had as they were trying to decide, where do we go next? Where are we supposed to minister in Jesus' name the next time? Where does the Lord want us to plant ourselves and share his gospel? What does God want us to do? This passage tells us that God usually answers in one of three ways. Sometimes God says, slow, 
slow. One of the things that's true is this. It is critical not to get ahead of the Lord in your life. It would have been easy for Paul and his friends to do. After all, they had sat down together and they begun to discuss, where do we want to go next and what should we do when we get there? And they thought the easiest place for us to go would be to go to Asia. After all, that's where the gospel needs to go next. Now understand, when they were talking about going to Asia, they were not talking about Japan the way you heard it, the children's message. It was really more the Western Middle East that they considered Asia in their days. And this is what they were thinking. They were thinking where we ought to go is into Asia because the, the chief city, the principal city in that area is a place called Ephesus. And if we can go to Ephesus, we can do some powerful things about spreading the gospel. After all, it is a big metropolitan city. There will be all kinds of opportunities for us to share the gospel there. And besides that, it is a tremendous seaport and commercial center. And people are always coming. They're coming from all over the world, in and out, carrying goods to and fro. And if we can just begin to plant the gospel among the people we meet there, there's no telling how far it may spread as these people carry the word of Jesus back home and besides that they said to themselves and Ephesus is a very spiritual city how do we know that's true one of the largest synagogues in the world at that time was located in Ephesus there was a big Jewish population there and these people had a had a a head start on hearing and understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ and they thought maybe we can share it with them and besides that Ephesus was also at the center of that city, the place where the temple to Diana was erected. And it was huge. And worship of Diana was a major part of life in Ephesus. And they thought, if these people are already religious, then maybe if we can begin to share the truth of Jesus with them, then they'll take their hearts and turn them away from Diana and toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And they began to get really excited. And they began to say to one another, oh, the possibilities. All the possibilities, once we get to Ephesus, once we go to Asia, we can begin to share the gospel in ways we've never done before. And it was at that point the Bible says the Lord stepped in and said to them, slow down, not now. The Holy Spirit began to speak to them and to say, this is not my plan for you. You do not need to go to Asia right now. Can you relate to what was going on with Paul and his friends as they were trying to figure out what in the world is the Lord up to? Because there are times in our own lives when opportunities come our way and they seem too good to be true. Out of nowhere, a new job offer comes our way and it just sounds so good. We find ourselves entering into a special kind of relationship. We have an opportunity to purchase a new home, a new car, a new possession. Maybe God opens a door. It seems as though a door is opening for a new ministry opportunity. This is something I've always wanted to do. These are people I've always wanted to share with. If God will just give me the, the word, I'll be there in a heartbeat. And then all of a sudden, a sudden, as things come along that seem so promising and so worthwhile, God steps in and unexpectedly brings them to a slowdown. And he begins to say to you, not you, not here, not now. But Lord, it seems so obvious to me, not now. 
But God, the opportunity is there. Not now. Lord, I'm ready for a change. Not now. He doesn't open doors the way we expected. He says not yet. And sometimes we don't understand. And sometimes we don't even agree. And that is when it is most critical that you obey. When the Lord spoke to Paul and to his companions. And he said not here, not now. What did they do? The Bible says they stopped. And recognized this is not the place God is leading us. At least not at this moment. And we better wait. We need to obey. I'm afraid that many times we as Christians rob ourselves of the blessings God has planned by being unwilling to trust his timing. We begin to desire to rush ahead, to try to force things to happen, and we have to learn the hard way. God just told us, it's time to slow down. Now, I have to confess, this is a constant temptation for me. If I had to tell you my inclination toward prayer, my inclination toward prayer is something like this. Lord, look at what I just did for you. Rather than saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? I am so inclined to rush ahead of God and begin to get myself in the middle of things and then begin to realize I'm not proceeding at God's pace. I'm proceeding at my own pace. And he has to remind me it's time to slow down. We have to learn to trust God's assurance that he will grant us everything we need. But he does it in his way and in his time. To remember he knows what we do not and his plans are built on his perfect understanding and all we can see is what's right in front of us. Sometimes you just have to trust in the one who knows. A few years ago I was in a department store. I needed some new dress slacks. and So I went to the store and I picked out the ones I needed. I had a gray pair and a black pair and a brown pair. It was exactly what I wanted. And I carried it to the register and I said to the salesperson, this is what I want to buy if you will sell it to, sell it to me. And they said to me, no, not right now. And I said... What do you mean, not right now? And they said, you don't need to buy these pants. What you need to do is put these pants on hold and leave them here over the weekend. Because next week, these pants are going on sale. And you don't want to buy them until they go on sale. So how do you respond to that? Well, I could have said to them, no, I need them now. I want them now. I came to get them now. You're going to sell them to me now. But that wouldn't have been very smart, would it? So what decision did I make? I made the decision to trust the one who knew. Now if I can do that with a salesperson in a department store, surely I can do that with the Lord. I'll wait until your time is exactly right. I'll trust the one who knows. And here's what would happen. Even though the Holy Spirit denied Paul's plan to go to Ephesus, Paul made the decision, I'll just trust you instead of myself. 
And the Bible tells us that the day would come at another season in his life when the Lord would say to Paul, now it's time. And he would find the doors to Asia were open and he would be tremendously effective. In fact, in God's time, the Bible says that he would go and he would spend three years in Ephesus. Longer than almost anywhere else across the course of his ministry. And he would see God do tremendous things through his preaching of the gospel. And the Ephesian church would become one of the most influential in the world. But it happened at God's time. Remember, when God slows you down, he has a reason. And someday, you'll understand. Sometimes God says slow. And this passage also tells us this. And sometimes God says no. No. Here's what I need Here's what I want to do. Here's where I want to go. No. After the Lord said slow about going to Asia, Paul and his friends gathered together and began to think about their other options. And as they began to talk together, it seemed as though the best alternative was Bithynia. Highly cultured, unevangelized, a church in Bithynia would have the potential to influence an entire region that had never heard the gospel before. If God doesn't want us to go to Asia, then Bithynia would be our best uh, option, our best alternative. And so they traveled north as far as Mysia, a crossroads in the desert highway. This was one of those places where when you get there, you have to go one direction or another. You're at a crossroads. You've got to make a choice. And this was the place where they prepared themselves to enter into Bithynia. But then the Lord spoke again. And just as they were about to cross into Bithynia, the Holy Spirit stopped them in their tracks and told them not to go. In fact, the Bible never tells us of a time when Paul would carry the gospel into to Bithynia. As far as we know, that field was completely closed to him and he would never go there again. What was going on? It seemed like such a great place to go. And yet that door was closed forever. Sometimes the Lord will say no when what we've planned seems to be the, be the best possible option. And often we will only understand why God said no with time and distance. Usually when God has to step in and in a very abrupt way say to us no, at the time it hurts. We're confused. We're disappointed. We can't figure out what he's up to. Why in the world would God tell me no at a time like this? And you have to realize, as we just heard a few moments ago, that deep disappointment may pave the way for future blessings. A couple of Sunday nights ago, I was sharing with the group that was there about the experience I had finishing seminary when everything seemed to point to the fact that I was going to be serving on staff at a church in downtown Richmond, Virginia. And yet then at the last moment, he slammed the door closed. 
And I was left trying to figure out what in the world is going on because I understood what God was saying. I understood that was where I was supposed to be. I had no doubt that my future was going to be in Richmond. And yet now the door was closed. What do you do? And at the time it was deeply disappointing. But I had to learn to hear God say no. And the fact that God said no in one place meant that I was ready to hear God say yes to coming to a church here in Alabama. Coming back to Alabama to serve. And I was thinking the other day as I was preparing this message. I was thinking about all of the ways that my life has been blessed that I would have missed if I had resisted what God was telling me to do. It was hard to hear no up close. But far away, it became thank you. The same thing was true about this uh, Ministry in Bithynia, because even though we hear that Paul never went there before, in 1 Peter 1 1, Peter wrote the following greeting. He said, To the pilgrims of the dispersia in Pontus and Galatia and Cappadocia and Asia and Bithynia. So, what do you learn from that? What you learn is this. Paul, God said no to Paul to go into Bithynia because he was preparing to say yes to Peter. This was Peter's assignment and not Paul's. And if Paul had gone there, he would have been in a place he wasn't supposed to be. And he would have been, and he would have kept Peter from being at that place God had planned for him. And saying no to Paul, the Lord was saying yes to Peter. God's plan was confirmed. The Roman historian Pliny said this. In A.D. 112, Christianity was widespread throughout the province of Bithynia. Just a few years later, somebody said, because of Peter and the work he did and the ministry he gave, the gospel went everywhere. It was God's yes to Peter, God's no to Paul. When God says no, you don't have to understand. You just have to believe his plan really is perfect. So sometimes God says slow, and sometimes God says no, but sometimes God says go. Go. Paul and his companions now, they were really confused. What do we do next? We wanted to go one direction, God said no. slow. We wanted to go another direction, God said no. What are we supposed to do next? We're out of ideas. And then the answer came in the form of a vision. A man from Macedonia appeared to Paul with an appeal. Come over to Macedonia and help us. What a surprise. Macedonia hadn't even been on the radar. Nobody had even brought that up as an idea. They had not discussed, well, what if we went to Macedonia? Instead, somebody came and said, come to Macedonia and help us. God's plan was Greece. And Paul obeyed and God opened the door for one of the most satisfying periods in Paul's life. In Macedonia, Paul established the Philippian church. That church would become his pride and joy. I've always thought if you ask 
Paul where his home church was, he might say, you know what? My heart really belongs to the church in Philippi. It's in Macedonia that Paul's missionary band would enjoy such effective ministry that their enemies would describe them as people who had turned the world upside down. Everybody's listening to these Christian believers. It was in Macedonia that Paul would befriend that wonderful couple, Aquila and Priscilla, who would become such a source of help and encouragement and companionship for years to come. So many blessings came Paul's way because he was willing to hear God's answer to his prayer and to do things God's way at God's time. Sometimes God says to us, now it's time to go. And here's the thing, and that go may occur in one of two ways. It may seem like the most natural thing in the world. This is what God has prepared me for all along, and I'm just doing. I'm fitting in like a foot in a shoe. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be. But, as was Paul's experience, and sometimes God will say completely different things. Things you never imagined, never anticipated, but it will be exactly right. One thing I know is this God always answers our prayers. Sometimes He says slow, sometimes He says no, sometimes He says go, but every time, it's the voice of the Holy Spirit. If you're just listening. If you're just hearing what he's saying to your life. So how about you this morning? Why do you pray? Do you pray for what you want? Do you pray for what God wants? Do you find yourself at a crossroads seeking to discover his guidance and waiting for him to move? He has a word for you this morning. He will answer your prayers. That's his promise. That's his assurance. He will answer your prayers. May not be the way you expected it. May not be in your timing or your place but you trust him you can be sure his way is best his way is right his way is the way of blessing go his way maybe you're here today and you're not a believer you've never trusted Jesus as your savior I can guarantee you that what God wants for you this morning is for you to enter into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. The one who made you, the one who loved you, the one who gave himself for you, the one who wants to save you. And all you got to do is trust him. We saw that example just a little while ago with Tyler, who gave his heart to Jesus. But that's not just something for the young. That's something for all of us at every season of life. And maybe you're here today. And you're realizing a lot of years have gone by, but I've never really trusted Christ. Today you need to. 
In a moment, we're going to stand. We're going to sing a, a hymn of invitation. It'll be your chance to say yes to Jesus. And I'll be here at the front. Dr. Hutchins will be here. We would love to meet you and introduce you to the Savior. Or maybe you're here and you're recognizing that part of God's guidance in your life is to right here at First Baptist Church where you can love him and serve him and be among his people. And you just need to come and say, Today, I bring my life to Jesus, my membership to First Baptist and my life to Jesus Christ. Or maybe there's another decision that you need to make and you just need to come and say, Pray with me as I say yes to Jesus. Is there a decision you need to make? Let's stand together as God moves. You come.